Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Vance. Good evening, Vance. Hello. How are you? Decent. Decent. One word answers. I like it. We also have Todd. Hi, Todd. How are you? I'm doing fine. Perfect. And we have Paul Boschad. How's Paul Hello. doing? Great. Oh man, you sure sound it. Everyone's everyone's <laughs> up and at him right now. Excited. Yeah. Just can't wait to get this one going. So with that being be great. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Fat A Z Muskie Products. Our website is fatazmuskie.com. You can find us on social media. Our two major outlets are Facebook and Instagram. And let's see here. Let's talk a little bit about baits. You can find them predominantly right now, Muskie Tackle Online, and maybe some leftovers going on at Team Rhino Outdoors. Uh, we do have an order from TRO. I will be working on that in probably early part of next year. He's going to have that, uh, just how things are rolling right now. But rod holders, everything, as far as I know, is in stock, ready to go, and... Um, you know, pretty much the same way that I feel every day. I think we make the best product out there for muskie fishing. Uh, if you don't believe me, just ask me and I'll tell you. Uh, I'd love to discuss rod holder setups on any boats. And, uh, you know, we can find a solution that'll work for you. Um, let's see. With that, I'm going to hand this to Todd. Todd, how are you? Buddy, I'm here. MCFishingGuys.com. Get a hold of us for next year's... Uh, Muskie fishing up at Chautauqua Lake. We're going to start early at Pima Tuning, April, May. Try to get some trips in there, but Chautauqua Lake from the last Saturday in May through November here. And, uh, you know, books are open for next year, and it's filling fast. If you know when you're coming, get a hold of us. We'll do our best to get you out there and get you on some fish and uh, get you on the books. Excellent. Nice. Uh, big Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Check them out. For all your ranger needs, uh, all your boating needs, they sell Starcraft, Star Worlds, Tritons, Rangers, uh, do a line of service, have a used uh, inventory of boats. Uh, everything seems to be going quickly nowadays. Uh, again, if you're in the boat market, put an order in sooner rather than later um, because demand is outdoing production. Um Shout out to Ranger Boats for sponsoring the show. And uh, shout out to St. Croix Rods for sponsoring the show and the uh, guide service. Um, give them a fair shake if you're in the market looking for a musky pole. Very nice. Todd, do you have a little rap you prepared for us? Yo, yo, up, down. That's all I got, man. That's your line? Yo, yo, up, down. Let's. Everybody who's uh, out there musky fishing, you should be a member of Muskie's Inc. If you're not, shame on you. Uh, got a little, you know, I always have a little story every once in a while to tell. But, you know, Andy, I got my magazine the other day, and I was looking, read through, through the beginning, and I saw that they said that there's, I think it was getting close to 450,000 muskies entered into that lunge log. You have access to that if you're a member. You can check out the lake you want to go fish at or lake that you fish. You can see what guys have been doing all the way back to the 70s, what lures are catching on. Of course, the lures are changing a lot, but uh, you can just see wh which lakes uh, 
have been producing fish for people, you can only get access to that lunge log with almost a half a million entries if you're a member of Muskies Inc. So much stuff that the local clubs are doing, you know, to help the fisheries via stocking and, and uh, you know, the bait fish minnow funds that, you know, Ohio does, Pennsylvania does. I know they're going throughout the whole country. So, man, if you're into muskie fishing, you're not a member of Muskies Inc., you're missing the boat. So what you're trying to tell me, Todd, is the guy that sits down at the dock that says these muskies only hit J-13 Rapalas mm-hmm. might not yeah. have as much information as Muskies, Inc. Is that what you're trying to tell me? They absolutely might not. You could look at the times of the year. The guys <laughs> turn fish in. There's a lot of information you can get from looking at that lunge log. So, uh, and they don't hit baits like that here? No. Yeah. It's crazy. Very important. Very important. Hey, Paul, hit up your plugs. Uh, Bossshare.com. Um, everything's on the website. Uh, everything's in stock. Um, and you can also get them at TRO, Team Rhino Outdoors. Very nice. And uh, one quick little snippet at this point. I know there's been a lot of cancellations of some shows, but uh, through recent discussions, as of right now, the Muskie Max Plus is still scheduled to happen. Um, we're going to be on standby if anything were to change, and we will pass that information along, should it. But right now... Early March, Princecape Arena. It's still on, but it's also still four months away. So that's what we know. I know Ohio got canceled. The Chicago and all the other related shows through that vending. I guess you'd call it the parent company there. They have been canceled as well. Um, but that's what we know. All right. Yep. We'll see how it goes. I was over at Vix today and uh, talked to those guys a little bit and asked them about some shows and they said the same thing they had no idea as of right now they have nothing going so we'll see how it goes might find out more next tuesday yep we're gonna find out all right paul what have you been up to uh just working and kids are in college now and holy smokes Oh, yeah. Kids are in college full time. They commute back and forth. And of course, their schedules are different. So Julie's always takes my truck. So you don't have kind of sucks, but you got to sit there and make faith all day then, huh? I do that all day. And then uh, I get my truck on Friday and uh, half a day Thursday. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I was going to buy a fourth car but yeah i decided <laughs> I, I decided not to not yet soon though i mean that's Inevitable. that's crazy that you have your vehicle for a day and a half a week <laughs> i yeah yeah it sucks what do you want to do what do you do when you're like i'm pulling the boat today i i have to schedule around schedule <laughs> around your your truck yeah Oh, yep. But, but uh, it's like here that they're actually like going, like they're not staying at home doing their college then. No, they come home every day. Yeah. But they're actually yeah, going only, on campus and. But, but they're actually going to campus. Yeah, it's only uh, 20 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. So... I just thought all these colleges were making everybody pay their tuition. They were sitting sitting in some room doing the all the no. work. 
No, uh, they uh, they're all they're all six feet apart with masks on, and uh, okay, yeah, it's 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 crazy. They're in the horse program, so they're in the barn a lot. The ho- what's, oh, nice. now okay? What's the horse program? Not this has anything to do with musky fishing, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's the equine center. Um, it's like one of the top schools for horse management, horse therapy, breeding. Okay. That. Well, that's that's very interesting. Yeah. That they have they have college classes on horses. Now I understand that there are the further south yeah. you get there there is a a section of the US that is yes. enormous into horses. The the money is unbelievable how much people spend on that. Oh yeah. It's they uh, crazy. yeah. They require food every day and a like a nice place to stay. You know, Andy, they can eat like a horse. You know, I, I think I've heard that before, but I'm glad you cleared up the confusion. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. If they would stay there, it would be another 14 grand a year. Oh, man. That's a lot of boss sheds. But to be honest with you, I, I wish they would have like, went for one year. Just to get a taste of it? or No, just to get them out of so the you house. Could, so you could <laughs> use your truck. Yeah, wouldn't you buy another car be cheaper? (laughs) Yeah, at this point, yeah, it'll happen. So that's get a couple other things done first. That's fun. So, uh, how was your fishing this summer? Um, it was great up until I see the end of summer, and then I haven't been out. (laughs) Okay, I've been just too busy, so. And I don't have a truck till Thursday and Friday. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and you we know. have that hurricane coming over us today, and it's going to, like, snow tomorrow. I'm going Saturday, though. Okay. Very nice. I am going to go Saturday. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So oh, you're pumping man. out a lot of baits right now. Yeah, it's been, um, It's. I think it's been a record year this year. In terms of bait production, or yeah, it's been very busy since uh, April fourteenth. Man, the floodgates opened, so and... it's been non been nonstop. Good to hear, man. Yeah. What's the number one? What bait are you making more than all the others? Oh, four and a half still. Fifty-four. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Your bread and butter. And, yeah, and then I would say the crime, and then then the a lot of sevens went this year though. A lot of sevens. A lot of sevens. A lot of sevens went early too. It was strange. Did you notice anything like you were shipping them close? You know, more around a demographic or? Oh yeah, I got all those statistics. Oh, do you? Oh yeah, I'd say um, if I look again, I would say Ohio's number one, and Illinois is a close second. Okay. Or a close first, I should say. Okay. And then last year, Illinois was second or third. And um, then it goes on from that. A lot more sales in Minnesota and Wisconsin this year. Hmm. Um, I'll have to look at the up- update for it. W- w- when you say, like, you know, Minnesota and stuff, that seems to always be, you know, what stereotypically be a big bait uh, state. Yes. Are you shipping bigger baits up there, or is it... 
just the run of mill stuff. I send big stuff up there, but to be honest with you, it's been a lot of small stuff. Hmm. Huh. And I talk to the people, and they do real well on them. So that's what that's what they're buying. Interesting. And I think with the trolling that opened up in Wisconsin, I think it's going to take another year or two for that to open up more. But that's pretty good. I got some weird ones, like from Delaware, and I got one from Massachusetts today. So I don't know what that's about. Neat. Yeah. They probably listen to this podcast, Paul. Probably do. Yeah. I take a lot of people out from, from Mass. Do you? Yes. Hmm. All the time. I didn't know that. All right. So anybody that's not listening, you make a three-inch crime boss, a four-and-a-half-inch boss shad. That's the bread and butter. A four-and-a-half-inch 10th anniversary boss shad, your original. You make mm-hmm. a seven. Then you get into the minnow series. Oh, you forgot the 10-inch. The ten, the ten inch double pull, the and the regular deep, uh, extra deep diver. Okay, and then and then, and then the minnows, eight inch minnow. Um, I just discontinued the ten inch minnow, and I make the big twelve. Big twelve, and the twelve just got two forty pounders back to back yesterday. Oh, that's great. Yeah, but I can't say nothing else about it until the person is gone from the trip. Uh, oh, so you're sitting here teasing us. Very nice pictures, though. So that's um, that was a good uh, good email to open. Nice. So very good. Very nice. I and love the twelve inch metal is great. Now, after the 12-inch minnow, you make a the big Canadian mount. Yeah, the, the big Canadian series, which I have not made one this year yet. Really? No, nope, I have the body sitting here, but I have no time to get them done. I gotcha. But they're here, and they're waiting for carving. Talk a little bit about that, babe. What do you want to know? How's it going? What came to uh, with it? How'd you start it? I know it's through wire. There's three eye pulls. Is it a pain in the butt to make? Uh, yeah, they're about, I'd say, eight to ten hours a piece. And um, it's just, um, it's, a, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of labor. Yeah. I've sold 46 of them so far. From 2019, and that's it. I mean, I think a lot of people are hanging them because they are expensive. So I don't but get you're too putting much a day into it. I mean, that's your day. It's like okay, I'm gonna make this bait. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of work. Yeah, you use the word carving. Yeah, so you have to cheese grate. Use a cheese grater and start. Uh, you put it in a vice and start hacking away at it. Oh, so you're actually shaping this with like a like a cheese grater or like a rasp? Or uh, no, I would say it's like a um, like a cheese grater, but for metal. 
Okay, because when you said I'm like, wait, like Parmesan, you're out here, you like you take yes. it from the kitchen. Exactly. Okay. I get it. Um, I get them close with a with a with other machines, but there's a lot of carving involved. So you're just so. you're hand shaping this, and it's it's to kind of hit like a shape that you like in terms of you know visual, or does it for something with running to have the bait run right? Mm-hmm. No, I have. Um, well, you got to shape it to shape it, but I have I have different jigs that they go in, so you can know when to stop and know how far to go with it. You know, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of science to it. <clears throat> and then wiring it up is not bad. Uh, wiring the lip up is uh, pretty intense with the three pull eyes, and then it gets like triple sealed and. Then we start laying the paint, and it gets two more coats of epoxy. And all the lips are polished and stamped with a date on them and then the number and then the name, of course, which I wish I never started. Because it takes <laughs> a lot much more time. Uh, po- yeah, polishing that lips just sucks. And stamping it is hard because I don't have a – it's kind of freehand to stamp it. So it it almost looks like a ransom note. <laughs> They're like kind crooked of. and not the same, like on the well, same yeah. line. <laughs> I know. I got. I tell you what. I have a box of lips that are not stamped good that I can't use. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you stamp them prior to polishing. I do. Okay. <laughs> you get I learned all. that the hard way. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. That's hilarious. Yeah, I wish I never started that, but it is what it is. And you got guys probably, like you said, you you have a feeling these people, like, they're not fishing a lot of this. They're just, yeah. No. I make a 12 inch and a 12 inch and a 10 inch. Mm -hmm. So, but they're people's collect. They're fun to do. Once, Once it's ready for paint, then it becomes fun. It's everything before that. Mm hmm. Do you do anything special on the paint? Like, do you multiple layers, you know, stuff that you kind of go above and beyond on, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. The whole thing is above and beyond. Very nice. The whole pro- yeah, the whole process is. So. And, and, but you didn't do any of them this year? Or was that the Canadian no. Series? Yeah, the Canadian Series, I have not done any this year yet. Okay. So differentiate I, the ten and the twelve from the Canadian series. All right, I lost you now. Okay, so what's the difference between the Canadian series and the ten and the twelve that we were just talking about? Well, the twelve inch is a minnow. Okay, flat uh, flat sided, you know, and the uh, ten inch is uh, a big, just a big shad. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the Canadian series is more like a periwinkle, marge bait. Oh, okay. Frankie bait, that 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 style bait. Okay. Which one? I know we ask you this about every single time we talk. What's that? If you had to pick one to run right now, which one would it be? You only have one bait. On all my models? Yep, you got one. All year. Not like just tomorrow. All year. Four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. 
I want to think oh, last yes. time, maybe I'm not thinking clearly on this. I thought it was the Canadian series last time, which you're allowed to change your answer. Really? I think. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> no, but I mean, like all of us, kind of, yeah, all of us kind of go through that though. Like this is your favorite I, it, bait this year. It, yeah. It depends where I'm fishing though. Mm-hmm. If I was in Canada, then I would have the Canadian series. Okay. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even use a four and a half up there on those lakes. So I, it all depends where you're fishing. All right. So you then have let's to say you you have to say what lake. All right. So I got one for you. So you're stuck Can in you... Canada right now due to COVID restrictions. They're not letting you back in the U.S. because you're a threat to Homeland Security for obvious reasons because you're infected. Okay. You have one bait. So, so I'm in Canada. You're you're stuck in Canada right now, yes. But no specific area, right? You I'm tell me, Canada. tell me where are you at? Um, we'll just say Georgian Bay. Okay, so you're stuck there. Ten inch Canadian. Ten inch Canadian. Oh, I thought you'd say the crime. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that, yeah, ten inch Canadian for sure up there. All right, and then what would you? So you got that one bait. Now I'm going I'm going to expand on this hypothetical. What would you do? How would you fish that 10 inch at the opener? What would you be doing? Shallow. How much line out? Give me give me the whole spread. I want to hear this. I want to hear it coming Oops. right from Boshad's mouth. All right. If I'm if I'm fishing if it's the spring opener, I'd try to, I would try to stay in 20 foot or less, and I would probably run about thirty foot, twenty to thirty foot of line on it. How far down is it getting? Um, I'd say you're about fifteen foot. Okay, so you're you're looking to get low in that column. You're getting deep. Yeah, because yeah, because forty five is twenty mm-hmm. on the middle eye, so. Yeah, I would say I'd say like fifteen foot of line if I'm in twenty foot of water. Maybe ten sometimes. It depends. And what are you looking for specifically when you're doing this? A muskie. Great answer. <laughs> now let's, let's let's actually answer the question as it was meant. <laughs> Is it something you, you're trying to find like rocks that are might be, you know, baking uh, in the sun? You're I'd be st- looking for bait. This is this would be a post spawn. Normally, yeah, I'd, I'd be looking for bait points, bait, maybe some weed edges. Okay, so just standard classic structure. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't change. Okay, well, I was just curious, like if you were if you had like the bead on something, like this is post spawn. I'm going to be looking for this, maybe a mm-hmm. sandy bottom that they can go and rest their weary fins, you know, something like that. Um, yeah, that's. But all right, so it's starting to get warmer. You're still stuck up there. You you get to send postcards back and forth to the family. Everything's okay. Um, just by chance, they do have your truck down in the states, and they're putting gas through it. Um, so it's it's midsummer. Are you how do doing... they get up there? It doesn't matter. It's hypothetical. You drove your, your boat. boat. That's how you get it. 
you just have your boat. They they came back up and got the truck. You know. <laughs> you know how awesome that would be, actually. You're just stuck in the boat, yeah. Yeah, somehow you launched in like Lake Erie and you just found your way up there. Okay. So you went on a nice voyage. Now it's midsummer. Midsummer. Yep, because that you can't come back in. It's tough. That would luck. be open that'd be open water time. Open water. Are you gonna Follow change your speed? Fish. Um, yeah, I would. Five miles an hour. Pick up the speed, yep. Do the five, uh, open water, bait fish, 20 to 30 down. What bait fish is like the predominant up there? Uh, perch, ciscos. Okay. Yeah. And you're just ramming and jamming through those bait clouds. Yeah, I would just put miles on the boat, you know. Mm-hmm. That's and, all you could do. Yeah, so you're you're going deep, and you're just you you moved off of the structure. Now, when you say deep, for me, some spots for me are you know twenty foot is deep. Okay. Like when you're saying deep in the Georgian Bay, what are we what are we looking at? Eighty feet, two hundred feet, eh, forty feet. No, forty, forty to sixty. Okay. Yeah, I tried some. I would try some down at twenty, if that didn't work. And if I mark bait up high, I would go, you know, I would go fifth, put a fifteen down. Okay. You know, I know there's a, you know, you could do that over there, and it, it sometimes it works. Mm-hmm. And then as and as the year progresses, I get a little deeper. Still the same speed though. So, like as you start entering the autumn season. You're still you're gonna just go deeper still. Yep. I'm so going deeper and I'm, I'm speed is the same. About what time do you, or do you change before the season closes on speed or depth? Um, thirty eight degree water. I'd probably start slowing it down to like three, three five. So. I guess a question. Let's back up. What is summer water temperature up there? Like the hottest that you're going to see up there? Oh, they got some, they got a, they were hot this year. Um, it's usually, well, it's supposed to stay in the seventies, but I think it got up to 80 this year. 80 on the main body or like 80 in the back bays? 80 on the main body. That's a lot of water to warm up. From what I heard. That's what I heard. Okay. It's pretty hot out there. So you don't start slowing it down until 38 degrees? Yeah, 38, 40. Yeah, we've caught a lot of fish. We've caught uh we've caught fish at 36 degrees at 5 mile an hour. That would not be the first choice of speed for myself, but I I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued in hearing about this. Yeah, it it, it works. And you're just but, covering water. Just get that bait in front of them. Yeah, there's you know there's not many muskies around, so you have to cover water. Hmm. Todd, would you have gone that fast in that cold of water? I never used to ever slow down. Okay. But I did. I've not been about saying down to and thirty-eight. I've never fished that much when I get down to thirty-eight. But uh, last year I was slowing down some, and it seemed to work. But slowing down means getting under four. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever really spent much 
time going under yeah. four about we'll put it that way plus if it's windy you need boat control so mm-hmm. the only way to get boat control is to go a little faster you gotta go a little faster yeah i don't think they're afraid of it nah nothing i don't think so either but uh like todd used to say if they want it they'll get it they'll get it that's right they'll get it Absolutely. So then that's going to take you all the way to ice up and that's how you would fish your, you know, stuck abroad fishing trip, one bait. That's, that's probably what I would start with. Yes. What color? Ah, uh, perch. Just a regular old perch. Regular old perch. Can't go wrong, right? That's what they you eat. You can't go wrong with perch. And they probably can't even tell what color it is at five miles an hour, 20 feet deep. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. That's hilarious. Yeah. Perfect. So would you do anything? Okay. So we know back, like back at home, you wanted just a regular old Bosch ad. And it, w- would your summer progress the same way? Like similar tendencies of obviously shallow in the spring. And then just keep moving yourself out deeper, or is there a time you kind of maybe pull it back to the shallows? Uh, in Ohio, we go shallow to deep, and then back to shallow again. A little different. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get them over open water, but it seems like the last few years it's been shallow in the fall. So by saying the last few years, you're actually kind of doing a mix of both. You, you'll do some search and kind of figure that out, or is it just like a collective thing? You when you talk to buddies and stuff, they kind of give you a heads up. Um, I think it's I think both. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll cross over the I'll cross over deep water, and if it looks really good, I'm marking hooks and bait. I'll I'll stay there for a while. That's a good and call. if nothing happens, if nothing happens, I'll I'll move in shallow and check it out. You know, mm-hmm. got to got to check things out. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dig a little bit deeper on this topic. What's your rod and reel combo? You're only trolling one bait. Which bait again? Well, it you, it doesn't matter. You have one rod and reel oh. combo, and it's gonna it, it's gonna have to go for both. For both. Are, are you going to have that big of a difference between... Ooh. Okay, how about this? Let's do the Canadian one. I I, I, I heard that oof, and that wasn't <laughs> a good sound. Yeah. <laughs> You're up in Canada. You got one rod okay. and reel. All right. That's easy. I have an old Custom X when they first came out. Seven and a half footer. Paired up with a 895 pen digital line counter oh gosh this with 45 pound monel wire that's that would be my setup okay todd what was what was your response oh i haven't seen those in a long time i remember those old i i love them i just got two of them again today (laughs) oh gosh they're so accurate Mm -hmm. i've been using them for since they came out but you can't buy parts for them. That's the problem. Yeah, I had a couple, and I had no idea. I couldn't even tell you what happened to them. You still have them? He no, can't tell you what happened to them. I don't know what happened to them. 
them. I used to, I used to have them and run them, but they're, like you said, when they failed. What went wrong with them? The microprocessor? No, I can't even remember. I mean, I know because I wouldn't have cared that much about all that line counting stuff. I would have been more like the reel doesn't work. Yeah, I never, <laughs> I've never had a problem with any of them except the one. Um, oh, I, I forget the name of it. The little pole that goes back and forth. The level wind. Yeah, but there's a little U-shaped thing in there. Yeah, that that Did follows that like that worm gear looking thing. Yeah, I've had to replace that, and that's about it. But that's that's like ten years on the reel. Remember, you had to cal- you have to calibrate them. You had that little. Yep, I just filled two of them up today. With the bogey the wheel, that little thing, that little. Uh... Oh man! Yeah, it's called the bogey wheel. The bogey wheel. I was going to say yep. Zippo wheel. <laughs> yeah. The Zippo, like the lighter company. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I was going to say. Okay. You got it right. There. Bogey, bogey wheel. Yeah, bogey wheel. It calibrates your line. And well, what it does is that it measures the spool thickness. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes them more accurate. Like a regular line counter, the more line you put out, the less accurate it gets. That's correct. So if you if you put on one of those, um, uh, like Rapallo makes those little clamp on um, that go on the rod. Counters, they 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 they, they, they there's like a little clamp that screws on yes. the uh, the rod. I I constantly test my reels with those to know how far off I am. But with the digital line counters, if you spool them up like you're supposed to and tight, mm-hmm. if if I put a hundred foot of line out, I might be five foot off mm-hmm. of of real of you know making it like it's you know it's real. Right. Yeah. But if, if I do it with another rod, that could be 10, 20 foot off with that much line out. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. I, I experienced that this summer on, on Lake Erie from going from one boat to the other with different, uh-huh. different stuff. And it's, it, it's astounding how different they can be. But and that's to me, to me, that's important to know what your, how much line is out there. So if you, yeah. If you're testing lures, you can have an accurate reading of how much line to put out, you know? Yeah, that little Rapala clamp-on, did you actually, like, measure out 100 feet of line and then pull it through it and check it? Absolutely. And how, how close was it? Like five foot. Oh, okay. So so that little clamp-on guy was within 5%. It was close. Yeah. That's a good deal. Yeah. Cause so I you're used getting to... something here. I mean, this is an interesting topic start talking about a little bit you know when guys are using so guys are fishing out of your boat and you got a uh you know a pen line counter that's a reel that they don't make anymore but so i had my maybe you have a pen out maybe you're running a convector uh 20 you're running convector 30 and you're running all these different reels you're looking wow. at you're looking at a number on your reel yeah, all they're all, all going to be different. So what can correlate to what you're doing in your own boat, no matter what the number is. Let's say the number is 80, 80 feet on this. And when someone is like, how many feet of line are you running, man? 80 feet. Well, if they don't have the thing pulled 
That's right. Every single it is so far off. It's like I've had well, things he, happen umpteen years ago to me with some guys, but I was like, look, I'm I'm running a bait ten feet down and twelve feet of water. And I had someone tell us tell me and Dale Wiley that like I can't believe he said that. That gave us no information. I don't know how much line he's running. But I'm telling him I'm running ten feet down and twelve feet of water. Because I See, can't I don't I have no idea what really you're running. Well that's right. See that's that's how important your info was. Now yeah. if that person knew his baits, yes, then it doesn't matter how how mm-hmm. screwed up his reels are. He yes. knows what he needs to get that bait down 10 foot. And I always tell people, you got to learn your baits where they run. Yeah. Every bait is different. Yep. And I thought Even, I was giving him the best information I could give it, him because he it said, was. how much line are you running? And I was like, that, the amount of line I'm running means nothing because I have no idea what you have on your pole right now. So I've I'm going to tell you that I'm running 10 feet down and 12 feet of water. They're right down near the bottom. And I get called out for it, like through the grapevines. And it was like, that's, in, I listened to it on the radio. And it was insane to me. He's like, I didn't tell him the amount of line I was running. Yeah. I, I've been with friends where they would catch, uh, we'd be fishing together and, and their rod would go off two times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you, what are you running? I'm running, uh, I'm running 30 feet of line. Okay. Oh, oh, I just got another one, 30 foot of line. Okay. Well, I'll get up and I'll, I'll sneak my line counter over there and then I'll put it out 30 feet. And I'm like, listen, MF or 30 <laughs> foot my ass. It's more like 20. Yeah. 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 Now he knows his, you know, he, his, his reels half spooled. You know what I mean? Yes. Yep. And so it's, so when someone asks, tells you line length, it doesn't mean nothing. Tell me where your bait is running or where you think it's running. Yeah. That's, 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 yeah, that's the best information you gave them and they didn't get it. Yeah. That, that's a more accurate representation of what you should do. Um, but it's the hardest to convey because the easiest thing to look at is what's the number on the reel. Oh, yes. I used to, I, you know, you had a little notebook in your, um, in your phone. Yeah. Well, I, I used to get so many emails and messages about line lengths for lures Mm -hmm. that I would just, I would, I would just answer it by copy and pasting what I wrote in the notes. I've done that. Because, because it gets, it gets annoying to answer the question when it's an impossible question to answer. Yeah. I would tell them. It's absolutely impossible to answer. I, 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 I would tell them, I don't know what braid you're using. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're fully spooled. I don't know if your spool is loose or tight. I don't know your rod setup or your, yeah, your rod holder setup. Is your rods in the water? Are yeah. they above the water? How you're fast are rod, you going? Oh, here's a good one. Are they tuned up? <laughs> you yeah. mean when they're running yeah. sideways like a pancake, yeah. eight it's inches impossible. Bold. It's impossible to give someone that. You can't. You can't. 
you, no, you, you cannot can't. answer that question. Where does your lures run? Well, I, I know how I know how they run for me, but that it's not going to be like that for you. Uh, an answer that I've been I've been using quite a bit in recent years is, um, like they'll ask a, someone will ask a question. It's not all about you know in fishing only. Someone will ask an impossible question, and then I'll answer it. I'd be like, "How much do I weigh?" I'll ask them that question back because it's it's a guess at anyone's point. Mm-hmm. You know, because like you were saying, line. You know, I'm not sure there's going to be much of a difference of run depth between 65 and 80 pound braid, but you throw on Dacron versus 10 pound braid, you're going to have a difference uh-huh. in run depth. All these little things add up, and it it. Oof. You know, and, and you could probably even break it down to what's the water temperature because the temperature changes the density of the water, and that 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 has to have some kind of effect. Is it going to be a one percent effect? I don't know. Maybe. Paul just but, gave us the scenario where he was fishing up in Canada for his number one, whatever is the the best time he's going to do it, and he said wire. I was I wanted to go back to that, but yeah, talk about that it. That makes it big. <laughs> yeah. Now you get into wire. That, that, yeah, that, that's going to do nothing to me running, you know, 50 pound mono or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, tiger braid. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that wire, I'll tell you, changing to that wire was, you know, when you're used to something and you have confidence in something, you no know, one likes to change. And changing to that wire, I, I knew it was the best thing for what we were doing up there, like crashing yeah. shoals and rocks. Because when we first started going up there, we were using 80-pound Power Pro. Well, you really got to, like, check it every single time you come in. We would have five-foot leaders. It still wouldn't – it still yeah. gets chewed up. And you'd see this bright chrome wire in the water, and it hums, too. I was going to yeah. ask you, does it sing like a downrigger cable? Yeah. You're the, yeah. Strand, yeah. You're yeah, strand. yeah, single. Yeah, single yeah. strand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Monel, that's mm-hmm. strange. But it, I mean, the, you think the fish wouldn't? You think the the flash of that stuff would like? I don't know. The fish don't seem to care. It's strange, because everybody everybody's using these fluorocarbon leaders and <laughs> for invisibility. Know. And you yeah. have they're catching them on a piece of hunk of wire. The whole yeah, thing you got hole. yeah, you got this this chrome wire. You got most of the lips are are metal, so you got the flash of that. The giant hooks clanging around, and it's it's singing like the Lady of the Sea down there. And it's <laughs> and it does it sings. It's strange. Yeah, the first yeah. time I ran downriggers, I'm like, "What is that sound?" And I just couldn't I I couldn't pin it. And then it finally hit me when I bring the riggers. I'm like, "Oh, these make yeah. noise." Yes, they do. That calls in the fish. Uh, it must. So yeah. what's what's the advantage of the wire, other than just the obvious? Like, th- that seems to be like a thing that's, that's like, really gaining popularity. Yeah, the wire is great for, obviously, you could run it down rocks and it won't even touch it. Mm-hmm. And you get some more depth out of your lures because it gets heavy. You know, it's heavy and, and it doesn't stretch, obviously. So, so are you running a, a more flexible rod? 
Or are you just uh, doing all with the drag? I run a real stout rod with a very soft tip and a twirly tip on the top. So the yep. mon so the monel don't eat your eyes up. And it it doesn't kink. Like like if you get a kink or like a loop in it and you pull it and it, it just is it just Yeah, you got it's junk. You got to cut it off. Yeah, it's junk. You can't trust it. Yeah, they're very. I mean, it's it's fun to use that stuff when you're up in Canada. You're running one rod per person. It is not a fun rod to run uh, fishing on Chautauqua, running a charter no. with six poles out because no, no, you got to tell people you you that reel you cannot never take the clicker off. <laughs> I don't care if there's a forty pounder on this pole over here. We got to get that reel in. You yeah. just have to reel it up and get it out of the way because it just. You can't let it get slack line. And wires bad. Wires real bad when you get a snag too. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. brutal. Yeah, brutal. But yeah, that's yeah. But let's get back to the uh, wine length thing here. Okay. So we have to. I mean, I, I was going to ask I, you how much deeper are you getting out of that wire versus standard 80 pound right i mean do you think you're getting an extra 10 percent depth or 30 percent depth or you know, you know i can't even answer that okay i i can't even answer that but you are getting deeper though you get a little bit deeper yeah okay i think it's gonna have a lot to do with your speed it, yeah it's you not a huge yeah. it's not a huge difference but mm-hmm. it's but it's more for security i guess than anything, mm-hmm. some people some people think it gets way deeper, but in my opinion, from running it, I, I'll I don't know. I I kind of use the same if I I put the same amount of line out if I was using eighty pound Power Pro, and it's it's comparable enough that you're yeah, it might be a five foot difference. You mm-hmm. might have to five foot less on the wire, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, it didn't seem like huge to me. Okay, so, so. then, um, yes, your spool capacity is—is is that wire big and thick? I mean, we're, I know we want to talk about line length and all that, but I, I'm kind of getting there with spool diameter. Um, is it thick? I don't know the diameter of the 45 pound Monel. Um, it's definitely thicker than 80 pound. Yes. Okay, and are, is that is that reel that you put it on? Does it have a big spool capacity on it? Oh, the eight ninety fives, yeah. Okay, so it's like one of those big giant reels that you almost it's, yeah catch tuna fish with. Well, not that big, but it's a big reel. <laughs> so, kind of what I was what I was going there is so it's a big reel. It has a high capacity, and you wanted that mm-hmm. high capacity because this wire is a little bit bigger than what your standard braid is that people troll with around here. Well, that and the big the big capacity reel, the ratio is lower, so it's easier to crank in big baits. Okay. Um, now that bogey wheel that you were talking about. Okay. Getting back to the, like, the line length here. That bogey wheel, I, I've never seen this reel, but I imagine that what I'm picturing in my head is like this arm with this wheel on it that kind of sits against the spool that has something to do with calibration it attaches to the top of the reel mm-hmm. and there's a there's a button that you push and then once you get these three dashes you drop the 
bogey wheel and it goes it's like a it's like on a spring and it goes all the way down to your spool okay and and as you fill your fill it in the bogey wheel you know the little I don't know what you call it. The little wheel rises, obviously, as your spool gets bigger. Right. And when you're done. It's like calibrating your line. It's like. It it measures. It measures the spool. Yeah. But what's cool about the reels is if you get a snag and lose 50 feet, when you reel it in, it's going to say it's going to it's going to it won't be back to zero. So all you do is you zero it out again and you're good to go again. Yeah, whereas I, like a standard line counter is just going off of how many rotations the spool that's, does. That's right. This is this has like a variable to where a the spool diameter is now three quarters of what it was, and it's going to adjust the, the the amount out the the output number to mm-hmm. accordingly. Yeah, it's got a microprocessor chip in the top of it with a battery. In fact, I just changed the battery today. 10 years on that battery, by the way. Like, uh, let me get, uh, please don't tell me you like, there's like D batteries in there. Unless, uh, how'd you find a couple today, Paul? You found them online or something. Yeah, you can find them online. I buy them for just the parts, just in case, you know, mine break or sometimes I'll get lucky and it'll be still a good reel. Yeah. But I think I have, I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven of them now. Oh gosh. And I only use now. This is funny. I only use them when it's like it's big bait time. So I'll use them now because I have other reels. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't use them all. I used to use them all the time, mm-hmm. but I kind of retired them, and then I kind of brought them back. And I'm like, man, I should have never retired these. These things are awesome. So I I rebuilt them as best I could, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, they're good to go again. So do they all have wire? No, no, just okay. the big one does. Okay. How much more does that, that reel weigh when it's fully spooled? Uh, it weighs, yeah, I don't know what it weighs, but it's it's definitely heavy. Okay. Heavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not five pounds. <laughs> or you're sitting in a rod holder and go. Yeah. You have a fighting chair and you put on the belt. <laughs> Well, you, yeah, you never know what you're going to get into up there. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. No candy Butter. this year. So, all right. So that's your that that's your setup up north. That's my setup. Yeah. That was not what I was expecting. But now let's hear what your, your, your rod and reel setup right now is. I run... Um, um, two ten foot ugly sticks. Okay. For my one for the side rods, mm-hmm. with with ten three twenty LCs, which they don't make those no more. And you're just pulling that, up all this old stuff that no one can get. That's been it's been a great reel, and I, they discontinue the damn thing. Okay. And not no never had a problem with those line clickers are loud. So my back rods are. Ugly stick tiger rods for the down rods. Mm-hmm. And right now I bought two Akumas, which though those are coming off this winter. I don't do not like them at all. So those are coming off and I'll probably go back to my digitals. So you're going to pull the digitals out of the archives. 
Yeah. And and put them on yeah. there. Now, what what didn't you like about the Akumas? The Akumas drags are horrible. And I know you can buy new drags for them. And, you know, it's like they're either too tight or too loose. And these are, these are like new. Mm-hmm. The button blew out of the uh, line counter reset in one year. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just done with them. Okay. I'm just done with it. I know a lot of people run them. A lot of people, the, the clickers are great on them. That's about it. They're loud. Yep. They're loud. That's, that's why I run them. I do fight with yeah. the, I fight with the drags. I fight with everything else, but loudest clicker I can find. I have a friend that as soon as he buys them, he takes the drags out and puts, um, what are those aftermarket drags? They're made out of carbon uh, tax. Yeah. Uh, Teflon. No. Yes, I think that's what it is. I mean, they she might have like a, maybe a Kevlar or a carbon fiber washer. Yeah, and he says that's like a whole different reel. I would imagine. Well, like I said, I got this. Now I got to take this little screwdriver and zero it out because the button blew off. Mm-hmm. And I think I even lost the, uh, you know, the uh, spool tightener. Yep. Knob, that, that fell off somewhere. Oh, yeah, I had to just come off. Yeah, there's yeah. a spring in there. When you're trolling, you got to. I, I always. I know. Yeah. So I'm done with them. Yeah. And then I'm I'm trying to find some used LC 320s, but I can't find them. Then nobody. I, I always look on eBay for them, but. You're patrolling eBay. Yeah, I have to. And sometimes I have to. Okay. It's where you find stuff. Yeah. Oddball stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, what line are you so, running? Uh, I run everything as high C's. High C's, what poundage? Uh, I run fifth two. I run two fifties and two eighties. Which which fifth, rods are getting the fifties? Side rods. Side rod. Yep. I guess that. Eighties the down rod. What's the rationale behind that? Because on the down rod, I usually put out bigger baits. Okay. And there's a lot of you know when there's they're straight down into the water, so I don't know. It's a little stronger, I guess. And then I like lure separation. So if I am running two different or two of the same baits, mm-hmm. I could I could put the eighty out farther and get the same depth as the fifty shorter. That's a neat way of doing it. I mean, it it's fairly obvious, but I never really thought of it. Thought of you know using that. Just... Yes. Yeah, lure separation. So if I'm going to run. Uh, if I'm going to run two four and a half inch bosses and I want them down 30, you know, I'll put out or I'll put 30 foot on one and maybe, you know, 40 on the other one. and It'll be the same depth. Okay. So you got a little school of them going that aren't stacked next to each other. Yes. So if they pass up the one, all of a sudden there's another one. I better get it now. I know. He he was he was regretting his decision for the half yes. a second that it takes to move that ten feet. That's right. Give him the offer again and just get it done. Yeah, and then uh, for if I run the little boards, I'll I'll either run mono or a hundred and fifty pound Power Pro. One fifty. Yeah. Where are you finding that? For don't slip. Well, they sell it. I've never seen it. I mean, I haven't seen it on the shelves. I'm sure I could find it real quick on Amazon. And don't use it. And don't use it for leader material like I tried. 
<laughs> Let me guess. They cut right through it. Cut right through it. Did you, so you, you use mono and put a inline yeah. board and clipped your mono. You've done yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I've never done that. What, what pond mono? Uh, 25. Let me guess. Berkeley big game. I think so. That always seems to be the go-to. I did that for a while, and it... it the... I don't know. It might be strength. I don't know. Okay. Hold on. Let me look. Is it over here? It could be. You're, 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 clipping, the, you're clipping an inline board on the mono. I, I, I've never done that yet. Yeah, that's what most people do, so it doesn't... So it stays. Yeah. Now, you could wrap the Power Pro or your braid. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm a little weird about that. I don't know. You know, like to put that wrap on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could do that. Yeah, so that's the setup, and then the for the big boards, I guess that would be mono too for the release clips. I don't run big boards anymore, so. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like out, out on Erie, I would run. I think Amish Outfitters makes those those releases that that they're like a plastic and, and they have a pinch. And, and there's no oh, springs yeah, yeah. or nothing. They're orange in color. I don't know how uh-huh. those would hold up to uh, musky fishing or not, but um, yeah. never thought to try it. But I probably would only run inlines unless I'm going somewhere where I have some room to turn with the big I try not. I try not to run boards. I, I always lose fish on boards, on inlines. Mm-hmm. So... I try not to run them too much. Yeah, Todd, what was your what was your average like like kind of your average when 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 a board rod gets hit? Oh, it, it's definitely lower than the boat rods. There's no doubt. Just because you got more time jacking around. Yeah, I think just line length. You know, things out there so long the fish is on a lot longer, and uh, you also got to mess around with that board to unclip it and. Yeah, and I'm I'm. I'm grabbing the line, fighting the fish with my hand, and I'm like, okay, you got to reel this in, you know, reel, 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 try to keep tension on it. I think most of it just has to do that you got so much more line out there on there so much longer. That's interesting that you're running that mono on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised you don't. I mean, a lot of people run mono for their board rods. Yeah. I've just been there to clip it on. I don't know. I look at Everybody the- I know is, and it stays the, the the pads. It doesn't cut into the pads, and it stays because it's thicker and not, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, now with that, you can. Uh, that's some good separation too. Not that you need it because you have a board out, but you could put out a little bit more line mm-hmm. and get it even farther away from the board. You know. Right. Always learning in this sport, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> everybody has their different ways, you know? Now, Paul, are you replacing that mono every year? Um, no, I, I have not. Okay. That was the one thing I, I, I kind of always had in the back of my mind is that you, you're, pro- you, you yeah, gotta, you're probably supposed to. You're, like, that's what I, the rule of thumb was every year that something that's about cheap. the water and the sun and, it breaks it down. I'm sure we've all like grabbed old rod and reels and like, Oh yeah. 
you cast and it's just it's just breaking off just all over the place. Or, it just, or how about tie, tying a knot and it snaps when you clinch it down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, before braid, I mean, that's all we used to run was 25-pound uh, musky master mono. Mm-hmm. That's what we used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even on big baits. I mean, the stretch had to be. Oh, gosh, oh, it was insane. I, like on a marge bait, 45 feet to, to get down 20, I bet you it was stretched out to another 52 feet <laughs> at five miles an hour. Yeah, so you, was, you let's let out 30 feet because it's going to be 50 foot back. <laughs> yeah. Was, the last time I did Mono, we were, we, I went to St. Clair 20-some years ago, and it was like, okay, Fisher line shy. You got to run these four carbon leaders. I knew nothing about them. I knew nothing about anything, but I, I rigged a pole up for this because it was just like, okay, I don't want to be caught in the dark here. I don't want to be the guy not catching fish. I put what 30 pound uh, Berkeley or some type of mono on there. And I, I started running it. And I, and I remember the first because I was running like Cortland Muskie Master. Uh, at 36 and 50 or I can't remember, but it was a braided. That's what I'd been using. We put yeah. that mono out there and like, a, you know, the fish hit that side rod on the mono and it was just like, the strike was just like, it was just was like <laughs> this I remember yeah. looking and it's like, oh, that's a fish. And the, I mean, it just felt like I was fighting the fish on a bungee cord. Yeah. But it felt like the meat. Uh, yeah. That's the last time, <laughs> that's the last time I added out was when I did them trips to St. Clair. I have a question. I can't remember losing, losing those fish. I think we caught them, but it was a lot. Yeah. Just I got a question. I got a question for you in Vance. Mm-hmm. You guys teach your clients how to tune baits. Oh yeah, I try to all the time. Good. Uh, are are I, you I, doing it so they so you don't have to, or you're doing it to teach them? No, I'm just I just wonder because I, I I ask all all the guide people I know if they if that's part of their thing. If the guys are into it, yes. And a lot of times when I try to tell them, and and I'll take somebody out the following year. They're like, we tried to run four poles. You're running six. You're 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 professional at this. I'm like, no, my baits are tuned. That's the only difference. You can't run a bait. You're trying to run a spread. You have to have the bait tuned. Mm-hmm. Tuned, you're going to get screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Once two baits collide, it's instantly it's kind of, yeah. twisted a million times. That's bad. <laughs> How were the weeds up there this year? Oh, they were normal. Normal? Much worse than last year. Because last year they killed a bunch of weeds. This year they didn't do that much killing because, yeah. I, I, I thought last winter the, they were going to kill everything from south to Bemis Point, they, I thought I heard. Well, that's what they talked about doing, but that didn't happen because of COVID. Oh. 
So we fought weeds all summer. It's nice up there in the fall. Okay. Algae came on kind of normal. Yep. Did hey, you get up there good. at all, Paul? I did not. Wow. I never made it. So what area did you fish? Uh, I fished by Matooning a lot this year, and um, I went to West Branch a few times, mostly by Matooning. Was it worth it? Yeah, it was a pretty good year up there. Good. Yeah. The best part is, you know, there's still not that many people, so, in the summer. Yeah, I can believe that. A lot of sailboats out there? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Do you... They kind of... They kind of stick to that one end, though, you know? Mm-hmm. How many carp do you snag up in that lake? Eh, not many. Okay. Believe it or not, because there's a lot of them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> well, I have a thing. If you snag a carp, you go home. <laughs> like like That's you a... kick the person out of the boat, or you put the boat on the trailer, and you're done? No, you put the boat on the trailer, you're done. That's a rule in my boat. Okay, how did that rule come about? I don't know. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. And you just—I think it was like when I when I first started musky fishing. You know, you'd be out there all day and nothing's going on, and just spending just crazy amount of hours out fishing. And you know, you're new, so you're not catching many musky anyhow. And finally, the rod goes, and it's a damn carp, and you're like, "That's it. I'm done." So. That's yeah. That's the rule. Since then, that's been your sign. That's that is a rule in my boat. If we snag a carp, we're out of here. <laughs> well, Honest to God, I've never one heard of I, that rule. One one time, I snagged the carp right in the asshole. I don't know how <laughs> they got. Yeah, we went home after that. So yeah, right, did you unhook that with pliers or your hand? Uh, players. <laughs> well, yeah, it's on a catfish and carp and guard, they do not come in the boat. That's another that's another rule. Okay, I got to ask the same question. How did that happen? Uh, I don't remember. But it's just one of those, this is a musky trip, and none of these fish touch the interior yeah. of the boat. Yeah, the walleye can come in, bass can come in, but catfish, gar, um, Carp, yeah, they do not. You have to shake them off at the side of the boat. Yeah, I do. I do reel the catfish in up there in Chautauqua. Usually, I'm like, okay, you got a guys. We got something on here, but I got to take this one. <laughs> this is yeah. all me. I'm going to reel this bullhead in. Oh God! And I got to catch a fish, and it's it's, it's a bullhead. <laughs> so, so, so that's the perk of being Todd Young is you reel in the bullheads. I reel in bullheads and. Do you ever snag any gar up there? Oh, yeah, we catch some gar. But sometimes they bite, too. Yeah, they do. Usually they're snagged. We got a a huge one on um, Caston one time, and this thing bit it. Yeah. It's crazy. One on a figure eight, third time around, and he was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. I was like, huh. Yeah. The guy looked over at me like, well, I'm not going to. You, you caught the thing. This is a musky charger. I don't deal with that out of a bit. Have you ever figure eight and caught a walleye up there? Oh yeah, 
Me too. I couldn't believe it. Spring. Yeah, they love. They they act like muskies. Yes, they do. I've caught them on ten-inch suics and <laughs> and and big ten-inch periwinkles jerk baits. Yep. Yeah, I like, can't like, believe it. We got them. Uh, got them on the uh, our glide bait, the stinger. Middle of the day, twelve o'clock noon. Mm-hmm. Playing around with a glide bait, trying to get a muskie, and here comes a big. You know, they're usually big when they fall. Yeah, That's yeah, they are big. Twenty-six, Vance, twenty-eight. Vance is quiet tonight. I don't know where he's at. You there, Vance? The phone says he's yeah. there. Vance is gone. Uh-huh. We must have left him. That's why he hasn't been talking. Could be. <laughs> Maybe he fell asleep. Uh, that's the other option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but. So what's been the good color for you this year? Man, I haven't had any. I haven't specific. had any consistency. Uh-uh. No? No. Usually it's perch, all over right? It's been whatever I put out. That's what Andy, Andy, did you get out fishing this year? I, I mean, I did, but I didn't. I didn't have anything notable to even report back on. No, no. I mean, it's it's very few. I mean, I might have put in ten or twelve hours musky fishing also all year. Wow. How about the river? I, I haven't been on the river, and this might be my fourth year not on the river. Oh wow! I mean, it's just like like you said, it, the 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 floodgates opened, uh-huh. and it was just nonstop. I know. Like every night, I come home from work, and I'm like, I got, I got to get these going. I got to get this out, and it just ends up being, it just it never works out. And then you come, you know, when you finally do, you're like, I'm too tired to want to try to get anything to go, and. Yeah, and then the times you do go, I have a couple kids in the boat and my wife, and it's it's when everyone else is out on the lake, and you're you're yeah. fighting all that stuff, and yeah, it's uh-huh. you know like kind of our text exchange prior to this uh, to the show. It's just that they're at that age to where they're not quite independent, but they yeah. also don't need to be you know supervised every second. And it's it's the the spot where I'm at in life. Yeah, he's going through that, and uh, Paul's going through shelling out money, making mm. money to put kids through college. Man, you ain't kidding. So mm. if anybody's listening to this, we need, buy we, need we gotta buy them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. books, book, books, tuitions do. You know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you don't have a truck most of the week. Most, of, yeah, they got a good deal though with the college, real good deal. So. That's good. That's what counts. Yeah. Yeah, this college, if you're a twin, one goes for free. What? Yeah. I've never heard anything like that. Yeah, that's been it's been at this college forever. Yeah, it's fifty fifty. They still get charged, but it's fifty percent. So with all their with all their grants and scholarships, that helped a lot. Uh, they got one scholarship that was really good, but they could only use one or the other, which I thought was crap, but it is what it is. Yeah. So the twin, the twin scholarship was a better deal. Okay. 
So Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Well, not every college is like that, you know. Right, right. Interesting. So, they must really want to encourage twins to come to this school. I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Neat. It's fine with it's fine with me. Yeah. I mean fifty percent's fifty percent. That's right. To buy one, get one. Yeah. Your whole life you've been I buying won't. everything twos. I have two except the car. <laughs> <laughs> That's Man, they're expensive. I you know, people say kids are expensive. You just don't realize it until they hit those teenagers. And then it gets expensive. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, if you're spending a lot of money on really small kids, it's because you're choosing to do so. That's You're absolutely right. A lot of the stuff that they need, you could find in... Any of your friend's basement that has kids, you could go ahead and pull any of that stuff out and it would work perfect for the kids. Yeah, they don't know. They, they don't know, nor do they care. I just, Andy, Andy, I just have one. Right now I'm looking at outgrown bicycles. I'm in the garage right now doing the podcast. Outgrown bicycles, just stuff everywhere in here. And I was like, what am I going to do with this stuff? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I used to have one. Yeah, our I, family used to get the kids so many toys and stuff for Christmas that oh god, we would not, they would they wouldn't even play with it because it was just so so overwhelming. <laughs> and we had to tell them you got to quit doing this, quit buying them all this crap. And we used to put it away for like a couple months later, and then they thought they were getting new presents again. Yeah, yeah, because they they forget about stuff like in a day, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we moved into this house almost four years ago to this day, and there's still stuff in our basement that is not unpacked. And I'm just like, we have to go down here. I mean, my basement, it's the size of my house upstairs. It's not like I'm missing any rooms or, you know, it's smaller by any stretch. If I finish it, I'm going to double the size of my house. Uh And I'm looking at this, I'm like, I know this would make you sad to get rid of this. But it literally, we don't come in the basement because there's no reason to because we have enough room upstairs. And yeah. I, I, I look at these piles and I'm like, man, if you could just somehow collect the money that was spent on all this stuff. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And even just say, give me 50% of it back. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I don't know what else. It's not like we need this to, to you know, to buy groceries or anything you know, to sell all this stuff. And I'm to the point to where I'm just going to put like a Facebook marketplace ad saying free kids stuff. You take one, you take it all. And you just load up a car. You come, you come, a truck. If you (laughs) sold it all, you would probably be able to get books for one semester. You very well could, but I don't even want to deal with my time. My time (laughs) is worth more than that. Yeah. I mean, the kids love puzzles. And I'm going to tell you what, a puzzle is a great gift for a kid. But as soon as they start missing a piece, just throw the whole thing away. Yes. Burn. And and, yep. and and you're just like, wow, this is so wasteful. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's frustrating. But it's I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Agree. But so Agree. anything else you want to hit on? 
Uh, well, do you want to talk about the, uh, what do you, do you want, um, do you want the shows this year or what do you, what's your opinion on that? I'm going to be honest. Like, you know, I'll so be honest. If you're, if you're honest, I'll be honest. I really, I'm not terribly heartbroken, Me but neither. I'm also, I'm also at the same time sad that there's, that was something, you know, we, we look back through all these years of these podcasts. This will be coming up on our sixth show season. And, you know, Ohio's not in. And, you know, like like I said in the beginning, Muskie Max, I've been in contact with Sean. And he's mm-hmm. he keeps saying, it was, as of right now, it's still going. And, I mean, I like that show, but I also look at how I structure my winners with painting. You know, I get through mm-hmm. the holidays and it's like go, go, go. Yeah. And I look, I'm like, wait a minute, if all of this stuff is not, if it's not here anymore, it changes instead of me trying to, you know, paint 800 baits in four months. It's, yeah. hey, I have some freedom. Maybe let, let's shoot for 200 baits, but maybe I'll take two or three times the amount of minutes it takes to paint these baits and try to go a little crazy. It it, it adds a, a, a new flavor of what what's reasonable to get done and my take yeah my my take is um even if the here's what here's what me and a whole bunch of other people are concerned about even if they do have the show is the crowd going to be there because i have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of mothers and wives or wives and girlfriends saying bull crap you're not going to that and bringing that crap home yeah and and especially if you look at the stipulations that they're that, that are getting put on them like that's okay, right you know, and and PA, show, you can only let x amount of people yeah in. that is gonna that's not gonna be good like who's gonna for the vendors wait in line and, and who wants to wear a mask that whole time or, yeah and wear a mask and have a uh you know, it's like okay, so we can let these fifty people in, and when they're done, you know, yeah, bro, that, I do, Paul. Half the people in those shows come for the weekend. They just sort of hang out, walk around. They buy here and there. Yeah. How are you going to get people out the door to let other people in the door? Absolutely. Are going to stand there in the snowstorm? That's right. I think. <laughs> I, I think that we should just chalk it up as a bad yeah. year and just wait mm-hmm. till the next year. That's my opinion. Because again, we're, it's it's still going to cost me and you the same to go there and set up, but the chances of us making money are going to be pretty slim if they yeah. if if there's if the crowds are regulated or mm-hmm. you know people I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me personally, I am not at all worried about catching the Rona. I. It's one of those things, but like I know there are some people taking it extremely cautiously, and other people that really don't care. Yeah, I'd like to say I'm not like I really don't care. I just I have a different outlook. If it's my time to go, it's my time to go. There's one well, guarantee in this life. Yes, there's one healthy. guarantee. And uh, for me to never want to get sick again, I'm not going to live my life like that. Um, no, I, I get. I totally agree with that. I mean, I know I've, out of all the people I know, and I know a lot of people from past business and this business, I only know two people that got it. 
and the two people that got it, you know, the two people and they were, they were done in a week and a half. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I'm not really worried about it either, but there's still a lot of those people, a lot of the older people that are not going to sit in those crowds. There's no way. Uh-uh. And the shit ain't going away in four months. It's not no. going away in four years. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I I, I'm not. I'm sure. building. Yep. I'm building like crazy. Like there is shows. That's and your mentality. Yep. Because so, I don't. I do not want to get caught with my pants down next spring. So I'm just stocking. Yeah. I'm build. I'm building stocking like there is shows. You're, just so I can go fishing more next summer. Yeah, you're making hay. The sun's shining right now. Yes. So that's, and like I said, if there isn't any shows or banquets again, yeah, that sucks, but it's, it is what it is, you know? It's what it is. Yeah. yeah th- no matter what your opinion is, isn't going to change what's going to happen. That's right. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say it's all good stuff because, I don't, I have my theories, but it, uh, uh it, this ain't the show to, to, to talk about that stuff, but it, yeah, it, it's, it's reality at this point, And I do not accept it as the new normal, but no, me neither. Uh, drives me nuts that I have to wear one at home Depot and uh, it's just crazy. I know I follow you, but uh. anyways, so, all right, man. Sounds good to us. This good show, yeah. Paul. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thank you. Uh, hit, hit up uh, where people can find your stuff again. Uh, Ballshad.com. That's B-O-S-S-S-H-A-D.com. And uh, TRO is carrying the resins with the rattles. And that's the only place you can get the resin. Ballshads and crime bosses is at TRO. And that's it. Excellent. So check them out. So big thanks to Fatty Z Muskie Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, St. Croix Rods, Vicks Marine, Ranger Boats, and Muskies Inc. All right, everyone. Uh, Thanks for listening. Good luck fishing.